Hello and welcome back guys, episode 29 of the 831 podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you've been listening to a few of these lately. I've been putting a few out. Um, still strange times. We've been extended for three more weeks of lockdown, so you may as well get these podcasts out there, I guess. So that's exactly what I've been doing. I've got a few more lined up as well. Hopefully one tomorrow and a few next week. So yeah, hopefully I'll keep these coming for you as long as you keep listening. Um, as always, sponsors-wise, a big shout-out to Trojan Fitness, Trojan Nutrition, my long-term sponsors, Sweatbox Gym, A3 Academy, CW Sports, The Cloud Cellular Limited, um, all of them. If you'd like to be interested in sponsoring the podcast, feel free to get in contact with me. Let's see if we can do something together. In these times, it's great to be able to promote people, um, and likewise, they do the same for you as well. So, yeah, get in touch. Why not? If you've also, you've got a friend who you think could be a great guest, or an author who's written a book, someone who you can put me in touch with, please let me know. I'm open for as many suggestions as I can. You can find me on my Facebook, my Instagram, anything under Wesley Merch, or the 831 podcast has its own Facebook. Let me know, and let's get some more guests lined up. Um, today's guest is a very good friend of mine. We've been doing MMA together for 16 years. We coached together. He was the other half of Olympians MMA with me. Um, he's Paul Reed. We did a podcast a couple of years ago, and it's like a follow-up. Um, he's very inspiring MMA fighter. Tough, talented, strong, recently retired. Um, yeah, me and Paul, I've got a long-lasting relationship. We've spent hours with each other years training alongside each other traveled the world together coached alongside each other and it's brilliant just to get together with paul and have a chat and i think you guys are really like this we talk mma and um, our careers and his career and retirement and a bit about the lockdown and some about nutrition we take a couple of questions from from people off of facebook etc so have a listen and let me know what you think other than that, there's not a lot to bang on about, really. I'd rather you got into the podcast and enjoyed it. So hopefully you do enjoy it. And as I said, let us know if anything that you'd like to cover for future podcasts or anyone you'd like to have on, and we'll try and get it done. Until then, though, episode 29, Paul Reed. We are live! Oh. <laughs> there you go. This is it, catch up. We uh, it's been it's been what two years since you did your last one with me, I think. It's two years already, is it? Yeah, it flies by, eh? It does. It does. Two years. Lots happened since then. Uh, you've retired. I'm retired. Moved on almost full time coaching and stuff. Retired two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> coaching. <laughs> the con- the country's got a deadly virus. All yeah. sorts going on. Deadly virus. It's crazy. How, isn't you, it? uh, how are you enjoying retirement, mate? What's going on? What's um? Are you ju- spending this? Like, this is retirement for you because you're not getting to train or teach or anything. So the pandemic has forced you into what would actually be retirement. What have you been doing? Um. What in the coronavirus? Yeah. It's like um. I've been. I reckon when it all goes back to normal, I'll miss some of this. These things, you know. Um. Everyone can say it is bad, it's terrible, but it's quite nice to lie in, isn't it? It's quite nice to yeah. sleep all day and eat what you want. I, I'm bulking at the moment, <laughs> 84 four kilos, and I'm really hairy as well. My back is like a carpet <laughs> on that. Um, I've been going out running 
every day I go out running for like two hours and uh, not fast just uh, like plodding like probably um probably 11 12 minute miles just slow just just in shape um doing some pull-ups and chin-ups some press-ups shadow boxing but yeah it's you can't train properly can you I want to hit things I yeah wanna, I want to bag or had a bag or a speed ball or a floor ceiling ball something I could touch up a little bit but um yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's like, I'm obviously I'm missing the gym. I can't I can't teach in the gym, um, but I still got my second job. I, like um, I I got that other job as a, like a process analyst for for printers, and I'm still working from home. So I've got a home setup at the moment. So I'm working from there. So I've still got a, like a decent income coming in. But I really miss the gym. You know, I, re- I really really miss the gym. Yeah, I was uh, like Nad commented on my status the other day, and like uh, you, you don't realize just how much a part of each other's life you are. Because like, so you and I have been what maybe sixteen years, and then of those sixteen years, for fourteen of them, we probably saw each other five days a week, and probably spoke at least five days a week for those fourteen years. So then you go to multiple times a day as well, multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh... You know, so all the time, you know. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's weird that you are, you know, like you're bound to miss. People think, oh, Jim, oh, you miss the gym. Oh, get a life. It's a bit sad and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that's that's been everything. That's from, from yeah, me, that's, from the age of like 19 or 20, that's been everything. It's been MMA and the people I share it with. Yeah, they, they don't understand, though. They think going to the gym is like you go to David Lloyd's and you, you do some bench press and then you don't talk to anyone and then you have a shower and you leave. After taking selfies of yourself doing bicep poses, but that's <laughs> is not that's is this what you do when you go to David Lloyd. Yes, but that's that's not, that's not what uh, MMA is. MMA is like a community, you know. It's like a it's a group, you know. So there's a lot of social interaction. You train with people. You get involved with people. You have hopes and aspirations for different people. Do you know what I mean? You you, you want people to do well. It's not the same as just going to the gym. So for us, it's like um, it's like a family, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And even even more intimate sometimes in a family because like uh, my I'm close to like my brother and my sister. We're really close to like uh, brother and sister. But at the same time, I've taken people who have never experienced anything to do with fighting, nurtured them all through a training camp, seen all their fears exposed on the night after nurture that, take them through. They fight, they win or they lose, then manage those emotions as well. You don't do that with many people outside of that setting. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Because you're helping people to achieve some kind of uh, dream or, or like something on their bucket list or, you know, like they want to fight. So uh, to take them, especially from you and, and to train them up and get them into a fight and then see them win and achieve or even lose, you know, and do well. It's like, you know, it's, it's a big thing. It's a big thing for them and it, it makes you feel a certain way, doesn't it? So I've got, yeah. I've got certain people that I've taken from zero fights to having fights and uh, every single one means a lot to me, you know? Yeah, uh, I like, think RJ, for example, like taking him from just completely green at everything, not knowing what he was doing, yeah, to yeah. trying to teach him everything. And it was when he wasn't really even doing any any of the classes or anything. He was just training with me. So to teach him everything and get him sparring and then get him fighting and stuff. And you get to find out a lot about people as well. Because you think you know someone until, you know, and then you see them in a fight, then you really know what they're, what they're made of. Yeah, you know, so exactly. like RJ, it's like, oh, okay. Like sometimes, sometimes RJ, I, I love him to death, but sometimes I've got to push him to do his cardio and stuff. But then when you see him in a fight, he's got absolutely zero quitting, you know? Yeah. And then you, you get to find out about people and it's nice to share it with them. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, conversely, talking of more recent ones, Screener who fought on that last show was like, uh, it come from nothing, did some rugby, was 105 kilos. When he stepped on the scales, he weighed 82 kilos with no water cuts. It was same day weighing, trained his ass off. Even going into the fight, I was a bit worried in that I thought, right, I know... I know he can. I know he's going to do okay. I know his grand game's good. He's prepared as he can be, but you don't know what quit what people what happens in people's heads. Weird things happen in people's heads, and you know it's easy to make an excuse for why it goes wrong. And then to see someone grind out three hard rounds and stay dominant every round, you're like, how can you? How is anybody else ever going to give back to me the same as what this person's just give to me? Like, it's only in the same situation you can you can do it. Uh-huh. And you and I weren't, we were kind of, uh, weren't fortunate enough that we had coaches in the same way that you and I are coaches now. We were very much, we, I mean, obviously I started with Trojan, but you knew the setup there. I won't go into setup there. You know the setup, knew the setup there. And then you were with Lee at the beginning, but obviously uh, you were in Bristolese in Chippenham. So it was very much, we're floating all over the place until you and I got together. And then when you and I got together, we managed each other's training. It was just like, Paul, I need something hard this week. You set out all the training for me. And then you do the same. Conversely, it was just, yeah. So to go to what people have now from you and I, from Sweatbox, A3, etc., it's quite a contrast. Yeah, they've, they've, the difference is nowadays people have got MMA coaches. Yeah. When I started, we didn't have a, I didn't have a, like, um, didn't really have an MMA coach. I just had some boxing with Nathan Champ, some wrestling with Darius from the kebab shop. <laughs> really really good man he kicked my ass and taught me a lot Darius like yeah. Darius um, obviously like later on Josh and Saeed and everyone and uh, but at the beginning it's me and Greg Knapp just like fighting each other down David Lloyd every every other night and then doing cardio on the other nights like and um, like me and Greg done alright just the two of us um, but when you think about it like we, we weren't coaches we were just co- helping each other do you, do you know yeah. what I mean coach but Lee was really good Re- Lee taught me uh, like a load Lee was ahead of the game in, in UK MMA. So even when I was um, going up to Trojan and stuff, when I went to Lee, Lee knew about cutting water, knew about cutting weight, knew what weight I should fight at, like showed me so many things. Um, and then kicked my ass on a daily basis as well. Or, or like three times a week, he'd, he'd whip my ass. Not stood up, obviously, but um, on the floor. Like he, had, he used to have a really good rubber guard. He was like really like ahead of the time. And, um, and 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 that was good training. But until me and you got together and had a proper team, that's when like you get like a proper home, like Olympians, yeah. somewhere to go, and then you've got one place to go. You know, yeah. we were just running around everywhere. Um, yeah. People have got us so lucky now. Imagine like starting MMA and then you just go to Sweatbox and everything's there. You know, yeah. you've got, got like a black belt. You've got loads of black belts. You've got like twelve black belts. You've got like uh, you've got Josh, you've got like boxing, you've got the tie boxing, you've got MMA coaches. You know, it's just like it's so much better now. But I liked it back then as well. You know, every, everything as its time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I, definitely. I, 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 you know, I put that that video up. Um, someone shared it. FX3 shared it, and it was me from twelve years ago. And I was seven and zero, and I was going to fight Emmanuel Fernandez, and I just beat um, Azidro black belt at Jiu Jitsu, and I was fighting a uh, Manu. <clears throat> And he just beat Alex Owen, like, really handily. He just whooped Alex Owen. And I was thinking, right, this is... I, I got overconfident. I thought I could, like, uh, he wouldn't ever take me down and smash him. But he just kicked the fuck out of my leg, man. That, that taught me a lesson on how to check leg kicks. Smashed my leg in. But just looking at it, I was 36. And I'd only been fighting for about a year and a half when I had that fight. And I was 7-0. and And I was, like, 36. And I thought, I'm 48 now. 
in so that's 12 years ago in 12 years time i'm going to be 60. yeah it's nuts Looks that's crazy, crazy. That's crazy. I'll be 16. In that time again, I'm going to be 16. Yeah, for you to start at the age that I'm sort of at now, I mean, okay, I've had, I've had like 15, 16 years of competing at this. So obviously my body probably feels a bit worse than what yours did at 36 then. But at the same time, for you to start at where I'm at now and then to have gone on and achieved what you did and so convincingly... And to know, realistically, if you'd have started at 36 now, you'd have probably been a load better, quicker than what you were. So, like, you you were robbed a bit by time, and age robbed you a little bit. But I don't, I don't see it like that, you know. I never, I never, I never think like that. The way I think is, um, if I was 36 now, I'd have to compete with how many more people now? Yeah. yeah. You know, so that, that that's going to be really difficult. So I, I'm glad, like, the way I see it is there's a load of people my age that were into combat sports and their MMA come along and they go, Oh, I'm too old now. And then they just missed the boat. And like, I was like, Oh fuck. No, that's, that's a good chance for me because I'd always been boxing and I'd done judo. And I always liked the idea of just having just like a fight sport. So when MMA came around, I was like all in I was straight away. I was like, Oh, I want to do this. This is all I want to do. This is fucking, this is amazing. It's what I've been fantasizing about since I was a little boy. <laughs> We'd, like at school, I can remember at school, man. We'd write down who would like we'd be like, who's better at a boxer or a, or a kickboxer, and like we'd come out with all this stuff. And like I never thought it would actually happen, you know. Well, um, yeah, you never had the internet and stuff back then to Google this stuff either. No, you were. No, no. When, when I started, I remember trying to like the internet was just starting, really, yeah. or just like just getting like a little bit more um, popular. And uh, I had to find like uh, trying to find Kevo Hagen's classes. And then I accidentally went to um, a combat jiu-jitsu class instead of an MMA class. And I had to stand around for an hour and a half with a rubber knife in my hand, pretending to mug someone. <laughs> it's not really me. But um, then I started going to his MMA. And, um, you know, it was difficult to find classes. It was really difficult, you know. Um, but luckily, luckily, luckily for me and you, that you when you came back from the States after, it's after tough, wasn't it? I can remember chatting to you at anger management and you came up and you were like, oh, why, why don't we just get together and start start training properly? And it's like, yeah, that, that's that's cool. You know, because it was just it was really was just me and what me and um, me and Greg and then maybe some Pauline Croft or Paul Croft. Yeah. Um, Pauline, <laughs> Pauline the wet dream Croft. And then, um, you know, a few other people. But it was like when we got together Olympians, then we had that proper home. Like I put that that, that, that picture up of me and you from 2010 yeah. and that already been training for a while do you know what i mean and that was just uh it's crazy like how time flies doesn't it yeah yeah it's just uh that was like a a real turning point um for both of us i think because obviously i'd been lucky enough that i'd gone and trained i'd been in trained with the graces in brazil and american top team and i'd been around lots of places in america and trained with these top teams so i'm looking i'm coming back to what i had and i was like we haven't got anything and i didn't have anyone who i could grab and say can you be an mma coach and do we do this so it was literally a case of what i was where i was wasn't really working for me it was a long time like hour drive up to trojan drive home drive up again on the night sometimes just way too intense and then when i like saw you and was like let's let's just do something together it was just it was just perfect because you had that you had that horrible ginger stubbornness where you where it was coming what's being ginger got to do with that mate no Uh, listen that's a ginger trait every ginger person's got that and you had that where you were just like 
the training was always going to be really hard. It was going to be punishing. And then I had these bits from, oh, well, in America, people do this. And I had to, some technical stuff to have of it, like my Thai from Thailand and that. So we put it together. And of course, because I'm always one who's like, oh, let's do this this way. And then you're like, oh, let's try this this way. I think it just worked really well. Yeah, they, they, we had a good system. We had a really good system. We had so many fighters. Remember Greg, like LJ Guy, uh, John Mags, like we, like Nathan Champ. We've had like Pauline Croft. We had yeah. some people in the gym, like, and then we'd have people come down to train with us. Like Nad, I remember Nad. Remember where we had that picture and he was hiding behind. Yeah. So, <laughs> like we used to have, have Nad coming down, and uh, we just like yeah, yeah, we had like a we had loads of people coming over. Didn't yeah, we? Lou Long, Tim Newman, right. Ronnie, Shane. It was it was nice. Tim Newman as well. I used to go over to. Newport to spar with Tim. That was hard work, man. Tim was good. Um, but yeah, it was always nice. It was always nice. It was weird. Like I always found it weird in the old days that um, to get good, good to get good sparring, I I travel. If I had a, like a featherweight fight coming up, yeah. I travel as well. So I'd go down to uh, the Marine camp and spar with States. States would come up. I'd go over to Newport and, and spar with uh, Tim. And like I'd get out and about to to get good sparring. But it was always weird, like going to somewhere different and then. You've got a bit of a name, and they've got a bit of a name, and then it's like, all right, uh, and then you're like, yeah, 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 let's go nice and light. Yeah, it's just about to kick off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Some good, good sessions. Good sessions. It takes it takes a little while. Of, like if someone new comes to your gym, there's always that little test in there, and then once you've sparred and got your system a little bit, you can calm down and be matey. But there's always like a little bit like, oh, I can't, I can't lose this round. I've got to look good. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, used to be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I say to the guys now, I coach, I'm like, listen, look, I, I came from a time where when we used to spar, people were getting knocked out and we were eating lumps. And I came from that time so that you don't have to. I now know and we we realise that is not the way to do things. Please listen when I say to you, take the power down, work on your timing, focus on this. Like We, we went through that because we didn't have a choice. That's how everyone sort of trained. Don't go through it as well. Learn from people. When when Paul tells you to calm down and take the power out, take the power out and calm down. It's that's the advice that we've learned because we've lost brain cells helping each other get places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think you have to go through it a little bit. I think when you're starting, I think when you get to, to the level of me and you uh, are at, um, then you can take your foot off the gas because you already know. You don't have to prove anything. You know what you can do. But sometimes I think at the beginning, not not like we were, where we're, we're like sparring like flat out all the, every single day. Yeah. Not like that. I think you have to spar hard sometimes just to see what someone's made of and just to toughen them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. I, I can sometimes you see people spar and you know straight away that they 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 haven't got any bottle or they'll fold. And I, I've known loads of guys that were like very technical and good and stuff like that. And they had a bit of pressure on them. You could see them sort of uh, wilt where they didn't really want it. You know, um, but so, sometimes I think you can build that a little bit, but it's, it's either. I, I think I was one of those guys. I think I built it a little bit. Um, I think uh, I, I didn't have it at first. Then, of course, I was at Trojan and I was getting the granny beat out of me by like heavyweights and Zelg and people. Because I was of that unfortunate middle weight where yeah. I was in between Zelg and Ronnie and then I'd have to spar with Adam Mills and people. So I'd get the, the granny beat out of me and that toughened me up. But then I remember coming back after my knee surgery to spur, first spar and session. You were teaching a class. I kicked, like It was at, at the Olympians, but when I had Olympians in the back of that gym in Scots. Yeah, and then yeah. I came back after the knee surgery and I was like, 
Poor fuck no, I didn't feel right. And you were like, you just gun show me. You just had like three months off not being it. It'll come back. And I literally like left that night questioning. I was like, I've lost it. I can't, I don't want to be it anymore. And then all of a sudden you build it back up again and you're like the baptism of fire, you're back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, get used to it, I think. you can get used to it. But I've always like, I've got two big brothers, you know. <laughs> so uh, and my eldest brother used to, used, to, used to beat me up for eating the chocolate biscuits. <laughs> I got a really sweet tooth. And he'd say, like, my mum would come, we didn't have lots of money. My mum would come back and she'd like maybe get one pack of chocolate biscuits. And then he'd say, don't eat those biscuits, Paul. And I'd be like, no, I won't. You know, otherwise, I'll beat the shit out of you. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. And I'd eat the whole packet. <laughs> um, no one I was going to get uh, my ass kicked for it. But I'd eat, I'd eat all the biscuits, man. Um, so that, I reckon that toughened me up, just being the younger brother. They reckon, they reckon a load of UFC fighters are the youngest of the family. And oh, they, yeah. uh, they, they get almost uh, conditioned to having someone bigger and stronger beat them up. And then to the point where they just think, ah, fuck it. Like, yeah. it's not that bad. I mean, psychologically as well, like you've got, even if it's not physical, psychologically, I guess you're always bottom of the, of the chain. You're always bottom of the pecking order. You've got a like, craving to get up there. Not, and, me, not me. Not me, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I could, I could already beat up, beat up my other bigger brother. <laughs> so it's little. So he was a couple of years older. The one that was eight years older was harder. But um, yeah, by the time I got older, like, yeah, I, I won't bother. I won't bother. But he used to come back with his mates and make me fight his friends. My eldest brother. And they were all, they're all like really like mad no westers. And he'd come back and go, Paul thinks he can fight. And I'd have to fight all his mates. And I'd get him <laughs> and stuff like that. So I was always like in front of everyone. Always that's be yeah, that's what you do at your MMA classes now. To new yeah. people. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it. My dog wants to say hello. This is my dog. Bonnie. Um, that dogs look like their owners. Um. You, yeah. The white. The white is definitely a trait. <laughs> the white and the hairy face. <laughs> she's she's a lot like me, really. She's um, she's very aggressive. She's ten, but she's still young. Yeah. She's yeah. very aggressive. She'll go on for ages. This dog. She's like old, a terrible. Old but young, miserable, aggressive. I don't want to do anything. She's got fights in the park. <laughs> she is. She is. I, I, she is exactly you and a dog. Yeah, yeah. But imagine though, like that, that, that. Like I was saying about that video, that's that was twelve years ago. So in twelve years' time, I'm going to be sixty. So I was thinking, like, I packed a lot into the last twelve years. Yeah, yeah. After after that fight, it was seven and one. MMA, and then like I've had that's eight. Well, I've had another thirty-two fights, nearly. Yeah. And uh, and I've done a lot in the last twelve years. I've grown a lot as a person. I've like found out about myself. I've done a lot of stuff. You know, it's like uh, I was only like like I said, I was only like a year and a half into my career at that point. And uh, it's like it's it's weird looking back and seeing that. Like those FX three those, those days as well when you went to those shows, like they would get you to weigh in, and then they would video you straight after for you to chat. So you'd be so weight drained. Like I'm watching that video, and my like I clearly don't have any water in my body. Yeah, I'm skinny as anything. Like I've just cut weight, you know. And they, and they would get you in. I remember they'd done that on Kate on Cage Rage, and yeah. David Donald uh, got me in the back, and I was fighting Brad Pickett, and it, he was saying I had to say I was bomb proof. Do you know? Yeah. And he was going, oh yeah, because Brad's saying he's got bombs in his hands. I have to say I'm, I had to turn around, look at the camera, and say it's bomb proof. Yeah. I just can't wait. I couldn't get it right. I didn't want to say it because it sounded stupid. <laughs> I was trying to say my own thing, but he made me say it. 
And it's so embarrassing looking back, look, seeing that. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, but at the same time, that it was embarrassing because cage rage was massive. Now, people don't even know what cage rage is. So yeah. it was embarrassing for that tiny amount of time when cage rage was big. And then now... Like, in the old days, it was... There was there was no um, lightweight division, let alone a featherweight or anything. There was yeah. no lightweight division in the UFC um, until until maybe until you were in tough, I think, around about that time. So there was definitely no featherweight division, um, and then there was no there was no British fighters in the UFC. There was there was uh, Bisping had gone yeah. over, and That's then right. you went over, and then that other guy as well, the the guy that fought Ross, Bisping times. Ross Pointon. Ross Pointon, yeah. Ross Pointon yeah, was over. First, um, I was the first. You first British lightweight to ever compete in Yorma Fighter. Yeah, yeah. So that's just like there was no, and then there was no UFC over here either. There had been one when Lee Ramirez was on there. Yeah. It's like thirty-eight and a half or something. Yeah. And then, but there was no UFC. So the cage rage was the big show in the UK, and none yeah. of the fighters were on the UFC apart from. It was from a feeder. Like they were a feeder. Like like uh. So I, I now our cage, a lot of cage warriors fighters go off to UFC. It wasn't yeah. like for cage rage. Cage Rage was actually a feeder show. Like they would get people to fight big name people like Anderson. They specifically told Anderson to go and fight on Cage Rage, watched yeah. him a couple of times, boom, signed him off for the back of They literally were speaking to Dave and feeding them. Belfour. Yeah. Like uh, they had everyone on there, didn't they? Uh, everyone. Like if you look to the people that fought on Cage Rage, they had so many people. I remember Feed would be in there one time, just to have pictures taken. Yeah. You know, they used, to, they used to bring in some really, really good guys. Um, so cage rage was really big in the day. And I remember going up there and it was at Birmingham NEC. It was fucking massive. Like it was like a, and, and David would look after you really well. You know, you know that from Dominican and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So well, so you'd be, there'd be no like cost cutting or anything. It'd be, uh, you'd be up there on a Thursday night for the Friday weigh in. It'd be the Hilton. It'd be like, you know, it'd be, it'd be plush. It'd be really nice. Yeah. You'd be well looked after, man. It was a, it was a really good show cage rage. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame when it went down, you know. Yeah, definitely. And then, like, uh, but then with awesome impact, Dave tried his best, and even then we got really well looked after. Canary Wharf, we'd be straight in a hotel in Canary yeah. Wharf, really yeah. nice place. Um, so he was, he still had it a bit then, but it's just once once that had gone down, other shows saw their opportunity, and yeah. other shows did well. Then of course you went from having two or three shows in the UK to having three hundred shows almost overnight. Yeah, yeah, it just kills it. Like people are willing to fight as the main event on a show for three hundred quid. Yeah, the caliber of fighter over everything. It's uh, yeah, it was going. But you like when you fought on Cage Rage, it was at the the pinnacle. It was at the top. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it big. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was huge. Huge is on Sky Sports Live as well. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a big deal. It was good. I, I like Cage Rage. Like those times is when the UFC came to the UK. And I think there was a cage rage and there was a UFC like on the same night. Yeah. A cage rage tried to go up against them and they just, everyone went to the UFC. Yeah. Because UFC is like what all the, all the fans know, isn't it? So they all went to the yeah. UFC. And I think the thing is as well, you're talking of years ago, long enough that they, the UFC did something like 11,000 spectators. Well, to get 11,000 people to go anywhere near an MMA show is yeah. all of the MMA fans and plus they're taking their friends or their missus or their brother who've ne- who aren't even into it. So you're not then going to be able to sell 2,000 tickets for another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing, man. It's amazing. Now, but where you look at where it is now and the amount of people who are on the roster and, 
you know, the amount of people from the UK or fighting in the UFC and getting to the point where they're competing at that top level. It's massive, yeah. like absolutely massive. But I don't, people, when people used to say to me years ago, like, oh, I, this sport's going to be, do you think this sport's going to be massive? Do you think, I mean, I did, but I don't think I expected it to be how it is now. In yeah. the, it's so mainstream that, you know, you'll hear questions about on the chase and stuff now. It's just, I find that crazy that we're at the level where, where this is where we're at now and such, because it feels like a blink of an eye to me. It feels like the blink of an eye that you and I were like training and making stuff up to now being here where it's the largest sport in the world. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy, isn't it, how it's developed. It's nuts, man. Yeah, nuts. Absolutely crazy. But, hey, I mean, you, like, I, so for me, I think on your, looking at your career, I think you had it right in that you were like, you were all in, balls deep. This is me. And you you were lucky that you benefited from from age as well. You realised time went on your side. Also, you were like, right, if I'm going to fucking do this, I'm going to do it properly. And you really went balls deep. And then someone like myself who, you know, whenever I had a fight, I was always all in. And I'd always trade. I always went in. When I fought, um, what's his name? A man or four for the title. Yeah. I, I knew... I could do five five-minute rounds like any UFC guy. I knew I was fit enough. I know I'd say to you, right, Paul, you can do my fitness today. And I knew I'd just get through whatever. And I just, I remember it being the running machine getting so easy, you'd put me on the bike to do horrible little circuits and stuff yeah. to mix it up. And I just knew, like, right, this is it. I'm going to be... But in between that, I'd go off skydiving or I'd go off paragliding or I'd go doing this and I'd dabble a bit here and I wouldn't really... As where you were, like this is it, boom, I know I'm on a short window, I'm locked in, I'm fully, and part of me regrets that I wasn't like that, you know? Yeah, I was, I wasn't, and I was like com completely committed, but back those, back in that day when I fought Manny uh, Fernandez, I was still drinking. I'd drink the night before I fought, I'd have a couple of pints, it was mental, uh, thinking it'd help me sleep in, like, uh, and, and then like before the weigh-in as well to help me cut weight, about some wine. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy, it used to work all right. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, sport, the sport's come a long way. Sport's come a long, long way. Um, it's like so many people, like if you go to like, like even at the last race, like how many people, like did you have fighting at the last race? And we had a couple of people fighting. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, so many people. Five, like, three. Yeah. It used to be like if someone got in the cage, it would be like a really big deal. Now we got fucking, like, I don't know, we must have so many people that have, that have fought, especially at amateur. You know, oh, um, like no. between you and I, the people who you and I have coached to to fight from nothing all the way up through, we must between us, we must be. Uh, it got to be 150 people. it's a lot. It's loads. Some some of them I can't even remember. Like some people message me and like, oh shit, yeah, I remember you. I think yeah. Just, uh, but there's loads, isn't it? You get so many people through the door. It's nice. It's nice. It's obviously, some of them will stick in your in your mind forever. Like if you really help someone out, like Toby. I know Toby speaks to you as well. Yeah. Toby Meach, and uh, I was chatting to him the other day, and he's a, he's found a nice little gym over in um, in Australia, and um, he's doing well. Like to take like that's another one to take Toby from nothing. What do we? What did he end up like three and one as an amateur and two and zero oh as a pro? Something like that. Yeah. At, se yeah. at seventeen to come to us at seventeen. Like, yeah. yeah. No experience, nothing. A meek little kid who wouldn't say boo to a goose, and then to see him like go on to being in one of the 
biggest prospects we've ever had between us, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's nuts. It's nuts to, to for someone like that to just appear in your life. And then you're still and then we're still in contact now. Yeah, it is. It's nice, isn't it? Because you make a massive impact. Like, yeah. we made a big impact on his life and we made him, like, you know, we helped him de- develop into him, into the person he is now, you know? Uh, so I, I really like Toby. And, uh, like, nowadays, it's quite tough in the gym because you develop some of these fighters as well. But, like, do you know, Minnie's leaving. He's going to Birmingham. Is he? Yeah, he got a job in Birmingham. So I love Minnie to death. Like, such a nice guy, but then he's leaving. So then you get these guys that are like you think, oh, they've got a real future, and then they and then they and then they go away somewhere. It's like Luke Lebego, he went to Hong Kong. Yeah. Sammy went over to Copenhagen. We've lost we've lost some fighters to traveling and stuff. Yeah. Like, so for me, LJ was one of the biggest losses to, to have a kid. Like having a kid and like there's not. I still think probably she's probably the toughest of any fighter I've ever trained. Yeah. When, Bought that girl in Sweden, that kickboxer girl, and just got her face smashed in. No signs of quitting. Nose broken. Came back Lina, in. Lina Lina Lansberg. What's that, mate? Lena Landsberg. Yeah, Lena Landsberg. That's it. And then uh, I like reset her nose at the end of the first, and I was yeah. like, "Don't blow your nose for the rest of the fight. Just yeah. Stay. Try and make sure your eyes stay open. I'll take care of your nose." Try to breathe out your mouth and to, to see her great. Like I, I still think she's probably one of the toughest people I've ever, I've ever coached. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's been that like if you're in the gym and you're always the nail. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got to spar with Guy, you, me, Toby. You yeah. know what I mean? And then she's probably like getting her ass kicked every single day, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, so much to prove every time she fights. So much to prove to herself to all the guys in the gym and stuff you know, i mean don't get me wrong a complete pain in the ass and a prima donna but yeah. <laughs> so you remember, who has he fought that kerry what's it kerry hughes yeah uh on ucmma and she had her nose broke then and i was in the back with her and the doctor had to the doctor had to like fix her nose because it was broken really bad she was like oh fuck man that that looks horrendous and uh, but yeah she was really good man and and it's a shame, like she didn't carry on, but she had she had two really good wins back to back to finish. Yeah. She beat two like people that were in the judo, uh, the British judo squad, and she'd done them both in a round. Like uh, I think maybe one with a TKO and had to cheat the Gian Bar. Um, one she TKO'd the one up in Golden Ticket. Yeah. And Jane something I think, and then she there for that fight. I was away. I was in America. She beat someone in on Raged. Yeah. Can't remember her name, like Delaney. Something Emma Delaney. Emma Delaney. Yeah, Emma yeah. Delaney. Yeah. I don't know if she beat her. Part of me thinks rear naked choke, but I don't know. Might be TKO as well. I think it's two TKOs. But yeah, yeah she was she was really good, LJ. Really, really good. Guy was really good as well, man. Guy was like yeah. fucking awesome. You know? Um he had, a, he had he had that one bad loss, which I think um suck that bad he's like oh fuck do i really need to do this I, and also like when your your whole life sort of revolves around sport you're you're yeah. a, you're a strength and conditioning coach to professional athletes plus yeah. then you're leaving a sport every day to know you then got to go and do your sport getting yeah. punched getting kicked then also because he loved jujitsu so much as well and was so good at jujitsu i think he just found in jujitsu something that he could slot in with his lifestyle and like, you know, knocking yeah, him out of life yeah, without taking lots of damage as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
He was, the guy was really good. Chris Ogden. Chris Ogden was always quality. Yeah. yeah. Chris Ogden, like a brilliant fighter, but Chris Ogden's such a better train, such a better training partner than he is a fighter because it just Chris is one of those guys who, like Chris, would never want to lose, but sometimes he'd fight and he wouldn't even, he's not even caring, he's not even caring about the fight. But whenever yeah. there's a you got a fight coming up, I need someone. Chris is there. He'll be your training partner. He'll be there. For you. He'll meet you at six a.m. if you need to do it at six a.m. Brilliant. Yeah partner great in the gym but yeah i think that was just sometimes he'd be fighting just because like you, you know those times where you're like well up for fighting and then you get a fight and you're like actually i just can't be fucked with it i just can't like yeah. sometimes the idea of it is is, is is uh more attractive than the reality isn't it when, when you factor like, work and stuff now i've got a diet now i've got a train yeah. and he and he has to diet all the time doesn't he to make to make 77 yeah he's a lump as well and works a lot. Chris, 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 I thought Chris was, was done so well at the end of his career. Like, I know he lost his last fight, but he lost it in style. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to lose a fight, like, go out like that. Do you know what I mean? He was uh, he was very close to winning. His fight before he won, he won. That was probably his best ever performance when he won that triangle. No, not the one before, the one before that. Yeah. He, that Lithuanian guy from uh, that come over from Ireland. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's real quality, Chris. I like Chris. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it shows you like uh, all the people when we come up with when they've all retired. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When you're talking I, about people. Like, I, I, I think about this all the time. I think like so the amount of people who we see they fight, they retire, boom, they're gone. You see, yeah. in a minute, it's just still going to be you and I talking to people who are eighteen and nineteen. There was this guy years ago. <laughs> we'll just be the two who are still hanging on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I like. Um, I still think like I like. Someone asked me to fight them on the last range. This guy came up there, Brian Cutting. He was after oh, okay. Michael, Michael Cutting. Well, I was after well. a fight with him for um, for like two years. I was like, because he he's got a win over Nathaniel Wood from the UFC, and he he fought that um, is it Jamie Gallagher, the one that's on Bellator, the sort of fake Conor McGregor. Oh yeah. So, yeah. On Bellator and he beat some good guys and he came over and asked me, but I'd been asking him for two years. And uh, he asked me if I fight him. I said, No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm retired. But then I thought about it. I was thinking, Oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. But then I think, Fucking just just don't do it. Like, just uh, just relax. What's the point, you know? No- and, and going out on that, on that, I mean, for in the last year, if you think it's April now, isn't it? So last May is when I dislocated my elbow. Yeah. And uh, to make, I had to make 68 kilos, and it's like to make that weight was uh, horrific, you know, to get down it. And it wasn't the weight cut, it was just the dieting beforehand, the dieting for weeks and weeks, just really took it out of me. And um, and then had the fight, and it went pear shaped. But sometimes, you know, when you go into a fight and you're just like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Like, I don't really need to do this. Okay, just get it done. And then you fuck up. Fair play to him, like, he, he broke my arm. And then, um, and then for the next one, I was so motivated for that last fight. You know, I was so motivated. And then, like, and I fought at a bigger weight as well, so I felt really, really good. I didn't have to diet so hard. It felt amazing. And uh, and then it's, it sh- shows you how your mind is everything, isn't it? Like the way you think going into a fight. Some fights, if you're if you're not really, like, if, if you, if you um, underestimate your opponent or you're not really up for it, and then the next time you're really, really up for something, you can just go through someone, you know? And I, can mem- I can remember when you fought that Alexi, Alexi Roberts. Yeah, jersey, and I was like, "That's a tough fight." And you had it. You were like, "No, I'm going to fucking smash him." And then you just went right through him, like in about thirty seconds or a minute or something like that, you know. And it's sometimes I think if if you've got the confidence and you really want it, 
then you're going to perform really well. And yeah. I don't know after having so many fights over it if I could if I could get that that like up for it. You know, I think coming off a defeat it's easy to be up for something, isn't it? Uh, if yeah. you've lost and you've got something to prove, then it's easy. But if, also, what what after what like so you fight Michael Brown cutting like, it's hard to get up for a fight if you know there's nothing for it afterwards. So you could get up for Michael Brown cutting if it was a an eliminator to do this or if it's to win twenty grand winner takes all you're going to be well up for it. But if you're fighting him just because you feel like oh I can actually still do that the only motivation you will have is the fact of oh well actually I do want to do this. That's that's it. There's no, there's yeah. nothing. There's no goal. There's no end to it. It's just to put another mark in another column. Yeah. On yeah. Your record. When, when I think about it, like really think about it, I just think it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, I don't, think, I don't think I've got in me to get up for something like that again when I don't have to. Yeah. Like if, if there was something really meaningful, like someone broke into my house, or if someone, if someone offered me a million pound, or there was something amazing, I could probably motivate myself, but. To motivate myself to do something like that, it's not, you know, I can't, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to keep on going back up to the top of the mountain? Like, you think, how many times you, can you do that? Do you know what I mean? Because people don't realise when you fight how emotional it is and how stressful and, like, all the thoughts go through your head and then how you've really got to get yourself to be at your absolute best and try your absolute hardest and fight for your life almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're fighting as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. To do that for like lots and lots of times is exhausting, isn't it? It's like, well, what's the fucking point? I can't be asked. Yeah, well, especially as well when when UK MMA hasn't moved on that much. In that, you never know if your opponent's even going to fucking show up. You never know if the show's going to go ahead. You never know what like. It's not like when you fight in the UFC. This is I say this to people a lot. Like, listen, if the UFC offered me a contract tomorrow, I'll sign instantly and I'll do a contract in the UFC instantly. Not for the fame of being in the UFC and none of that shit. You can keep all that bollocks. But because I know I'm going to get to fight people on a basis where it's the highest level. I get to test myself at the highest level. All the work I've done for my career is put into practice. But there's no one else really who I could sign and get the same treatment. Even if I was to sign with Cage Warriors. Unless Cage Warriors are going to offer me three guaranteed fights in a year. One of them to be one of the top guys in the category. I don't want it. Like, you're not... Like, what are you going to offer me? You're going to offer me money that I was earning five years ago yeah. to, fight, to fight people who may or may not pull out, even if they don't. You might offer me a fight, then I don't get to fight again for eight months. That's not... That's no good for me. That's not where I'm at, you know? So, for someone yeah. like yourself as well, like, what's what's the motivation to be involved in that? There, There is none. There is no motivation. You've... you've been way bigger you've achieved bigger things already than to fight someone just for the sake of well i've got nothing else better to do yes I, I listened to this really good podcast of uh, uh, uh it's on the bbc about boxers retiring yeah and i can't remember who was it it was barry mcguigan actually and he was saying that like uh, boxing's like a class a drug yeah that the emotion you get when you fight and you win is addictive isn't it it's like it's yeah. like crap pain, do you know what i mean i, I mean i can't think there's not many things in life that are better than you after the referee's just dragged you off of someone or you've submitted someone, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Knock someone out and they, and they pull you off. And it's, like, it's almost like a massive relief as well as you feel like you're, you're really glorious. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's so many emotions in one. If you could bottle that, you know, it's like, it's like ecstasy, isn't it? It's like the best feeling in the world. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah, and that, that's what I think, that's what people chase. As well as... As well as um, 
people like it to have a structure. You know what I mean? When when you've been doing this for a long time, you like that structure, you get up, you know you're gonna train twice, and you and you've got a purpose as well, because you're always looking for this goal. So you're a fight or or your weight or strength and conditioning goals or whatever it is, you know. You've always got these goals in front of you. So you've got that purpose, you've got that structure, and it's exciting as well. It's like I always feel like I was on a mission. Do you know what I mean? Or I was in, I know I, I look like I'm in Lord of the Rings, but I felt like I was like in Lord of the Rings and I was like going to do something. Do you know what I mean? I was like, it was like a proper purpose. And yeah. um, to be training hard for that. And I like, um, I would train my bollocks off, like in my cardio. My cardio would be through the roof all the time. I'd be trained so hard. And then you see people now, like someone like uh, Nad. Like Nad trains like fucking, it's even more. You know what I mean? He's like, He's like, because I, I was always intelligent with my training. I, I wasn't just doing lo- loads of stupid cardio. It was always measurable, you know. I listened, someone said, you know, they heard someone say, uh, it's got to be measurable to be manageable. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's the way I think with, with stuff like strength conditioning, you need to better measure stuff so you know you're improving. So, but these days it's even, it's even more like scientific. Um, I know Nad does a lot of work on the Watt bike. And then he calculates how much, you know, how much he's weighing to how many watts he's getting. Yeah. And then he finds, he finds the, his ideal weight to where he gets the most power ratio. And then it's about improving that ratio, you know. So it's really, it's really breaking it down and measuring your, your, your cardio. Yeah. So you know, you know when you're in really good shape. You're not just guessing, you know. Yeah. So that's why I'd always do those sprints and I'd always have the same numbers. And then I'd have to get more repetition so I knew exactly where I was. Yeah. But uh, so I like that, like, if I didn't have a, if I didn't like to try and get on a treadmill now and do that type of stuff, I don't, you, you don't have the motivation. Like um, people say about discipline, if you're disciplined to do stuff, sometimes if you're motivated, then you'll have the discipline. Yeah. It's like, it's like at school. I didn't really like, I've done like at school. I wasn't really interested in subjects. I wasn't really interested in exams and stuff like that. So to motivate myself to work was always hard. And like, I went to university, I got a degree, I got master's. And like, I, like you know, I've I, I done stuff, but to motivate myself to actually get ready for exam and stuff is always really, really difficult. I'd have to really, like, push myself. But for fighting and that, it was easy. It's like I'd, I'd jump out of bed to do the hard work, you know? Yeah, that's, like, people... So I say to, to fight... like when Because I, I still train, obviously. Like, I train four days a week. Every class I teach, I train at. And I'll do, like, cardio at the beginning either those pad drills or I do these horrible Tabata exercise drills with sprawls and tuck jumps. And I make sure I win every round, no matter who is in that gym with me. If they're, when Chris was like a week out from his fight, I make sure I beat him on every single round. I got more kicks or I got more sprawls or I got, and I just like, I can do this. I can still push. And then I'll get, um, what I miss for me, because the cardio is horrible, but I miss that bit on that dread when you're driving to the gym to do the, the, your cardio the dread yeah. that you hated it and then you'd start the treadmill running and i'll do like a five minute jog first to warm up and i started running and i'm like almost nervous thinking for fuck's sake and then that incline up yeah and then i put the incline up and then i get that bit in my head and i'm like if you're gonna fucking start you don't stop well the moment you fucking start if you're gonna stop stop now don't you get halfway and stop you fucking if you start and i just that that would be the voice people are like, oh, do you have any music on i'm like no i can't have music i can't music would distract me so much i've got to have my own brain telling me like yeah your fucking legs are yeah of course your fucking legs are but this is where he's gonna stop this is where you're gonna not let your fucking leg hurt. let it fall off if it needs to but you don't stop I'm just be talking to myself and I miss that. I miss that mental 
that bit where I have to go deep in my own head and be like, fuck you, you're not quitting. Well, you're a quitter. And I miss having a reason to do that, you know, just yeah. because I can still go and do it at the gym. But if I want to quit now, it's there's no consequences, you know, but I miss having that reason to push myself physically and mentally further. And then I know because I do them every two days. I'm not fight coming up. I know if that's Tuesday, Wednesday, I get to do sparring. And then Thursday, I have the same discussion on the way to the gym and the same conversation with the treadmill starts. It's crazy though, isn't it? That when you when you start hitting all those sprints and that, your sparring gets a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, loads easier. Like, suddenly, you like sparring becomes fun. Yeah. So much energy and, and like, do you remember we would like have um, we do pressure rounds and when you were in shape or me or you, um, we'd have a fresh person every round and by the end of the round you'd be fresher than that fresh person. Yeah, I so, remember. Uh, I remember you. Um, I, I'd never forget you messaged me when where's you got our session tonight? Um, I've invited. Lee and the guys over, I've told them you've been head kicking people in your last round of sparring and they came yeah. over, they came over and they had an hard day and ate much. Yeah. <laughs> completely fucked it. Was completely flat for the whole session. And Lee was yeah. like, I think he needs to do more cardio. <laughs> we were like, yeah. no, honestly, yeah. on Tuesday, head kicking people. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Like sometimes you need to take a day off as well. That's the that's thing. That's the thing. You have that's to manage so training. much. Like you're managing so much nutrition and this is the thing when you're doing it yourself and you haven't got a coach or a nutritionist you're managing so much of your own training you're not thinking about actually fuck i got spar i should have had two hours ago and got carbs in me or whatever the, the scenario may be yeah yeah man but, I'd, I'd, I'd always have a pancake yeah. You can say I remember a pancake yeah, and yeah. You're right, that'd be alright. We got some we got some questions off of Facebook as well, haven't we? Yeah, do you want me to go through them? Yeah, go on. Right, let's, do, let's, right. let's, let's do a couple from Facebook, then we'll do a couple from Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, right, so let's have a look what we got first. So Paul Buddington said for both of you guys, what's the hardest fight you've had and why? Also, how do you combat nerves and fear when building up to a fight? What's your hardest fight? Um, hardest fight was... I don't really know. I mean, a hardest fight as in what? Like, a, like, That's I the mean, thing. How, what do you consider a hard fight? Yeah, exactly. Like what? Like, I mean, my hardest fight I ever had was when I fought Marty Swindles and I had a water infection. I didn't know. Cut weight. Yeah. And couldn't couldn't rehydrate properly. I was yeah. rehydrating and nothing was going. No weight was going back on me, and I had pains. And it turned out. So then, when I fought him in this, when it came out for the second, I was breathing and I had all that that wet wet iron metallic sensation in my neck and in my mouth. I was like, something's not right. I feel fucking wankered and I was absolutely drained that was really hard because I physically felt like I can't I can't do anything I'm screwed but at the same time it wasn't a hard fight it was like technically it shouldn't have been a hard fight you know yeah, yeah. that that one I had with John Cullen was hard oh that was yeah that three rounds and then we done another one that was hard yeah. uh, I've had so many hard fights man the fight with Brad Pickett was hard yeah. the fight with um what's his and, name Sweden and was tough. Uh, Akira was tough. Akira, yes. Spencer, Spencer was a weird one. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that hard. Um, I've had like I've had every fight's a bit hard, isn't it? That yeah. Fernando was was hard when he kicked me in the leg and done my leg, and that was hard. 
Yeah. Like, yeah there's, there's too many in there. They're all hard, really. Um, but probably the like one that was really tough was that was that um, John Cullen one. Yeah. And I so it went three rounds. It was a draw, and then he started asking for a fourth round, and all the crowd started cheering for it. <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't say no. So I done, and I I wasn't well for that fight either. Like I like I was coughing and stuff, but it didn't it didn't really have any impact on the fight because I stopped coughing as soon as I started fighting. But that was just like fuck. That was a slog. That was a cardio slog. That was. And you know when you go all in wrestling to start with. Yeah. Just go. You have to carry on wrestling for the whole fight because you're burning your arms out and stuff. So my I can remember just my all my muscles were exhausted while I was wrestling in the easy. And then he would kick my ass when we stood back up again. And then you don't go out for the third round thinking, oh, I better save some in case there's a fourth. You go out in the third round thinking, I need balls deep here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was hard. But all of, it, all of them are hard. Just getting in there is hard, isn't it? Um, and how do I cook? Like, in terms of nerves and stuff, um, I used to get really, really nervous. I don't think nerves are a bad thing. I think you need nerves. And then um, from, from that last one I just had, I just embraced feeling like that. like. Um, I almost like I was getting on a roller coaster. So I thought, right, here we go. You know, I, I would always be like that a little bit anyway. I'd get really nervous in the weeks before, but then when my music kicked in, I always have a little giggle to myself and think, oh fucking hell, here we go. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And then uh, I'd always, you know, I start enjoying it and start enjoying that that sensation of shit. I in remember, my- for, for you, for for me, for me. Coaching you on the night and managing your fear, I would know, like I'll know by by your demeanor and stuff, whereabout you are emotionally as the fight's getting closer. And I knew there's a certain point where you don't need to hit anything anymore. You just need to go and walk, and you would walk just around the up and down or around the warm up mat. You'd walk around that maybe ten minutes or so. You'd just walk backwards and forwards or a little bit, and then you'd be like, "Oh, put your hands up a little second." And put the hands up. You'd hit them two or three times. Then you just walk again. You just do. And I knew then, like, right, this is the time I leave you alone. No matter what, if you call me to do something, we'll do it. I leave you alone. And then as we're walking to the cage. As we get there, I'd put arms on your shoulders or whatever, and then you put out, listen, just fucking be prepared for a hard fight. You're going to get it. It's going to be horrible, but we got the work done for three rounds. And that was it. Yeah. Just, like, just go. I know Because I know there's nothing. You, you're you at the point now. You're at the point where there's no going back. I know you're going to be wishing that a microlight crashes through the ceiling and the event gets called off. Because that's how yeah. people get. They're like, oh, it'd be nice if it got cancelled now and I still got paid. But... At the same time, I knew I could tell by looking at you, like, he's ready. Like, he's not like this, that little nervous energy that looks like he's got that means he's ready the moment the fight starts now. Because you can't be yeah. more ready than that. There's no, how can you be any more That's, ready than that? Yeah, yeah. Some people, they overcook it, don't they? And, yeah. Uh, just, there's just enough work. There's just enough work to get you ready. Get like, go, obviously go anaerobic, warm up, but don't warm up, like, don't warm up too much. Save some. Just get nice and loose, get a sweat on, and get your head right, and get get ready. Like be prepared for for a war. Um, for me, no, no fucking backing down. Yeah, for, like I think for me, I internalized a lot of mine so much that I didn't like. I've never felt like nervous, or I ha- maybe I handle nerves differently. But I think maybe from base jumping, from uh, like traveling to do the ultimate fighter, and not knowing who I'm gonna fight, not having a coach with me, not having any of these things. You you have to when I got on the plane to board there, you have to sort of say to well this is it whatever fuck whoever it is to do it is that's who I'm fighting like there's no because you don't you don't even know who's in the show or anything you know you just well that's what so then 
part of me was a, a few fights I've had, like Kurt Warburton was one. Like I was expect, I sort of expected there to be a feeling. I've been promoted on the day to main event, and I go out there. Nad's with me, Ross Dunsford with me, and my dad's with me. I felt brilliant, the best shape I could have been in. Everything was good, and they're like, "You got your game plan?" Yeah, I knew my game plan. He's not going to want it rough. I'm going to hit him so hard with a jab. He's going to think, oh, fucking hell, it's going to be a long night. And then because I didn't have any nervous energy, because I didn't have any tension, I focused so much on what I was going to do that I did it, even though he was out of position, even though the timing wasn't right, even though I'd got, which I guess in a way is nerves. That was nerves. I got so caught up in my game plan. Yeah, that yeah. must have been our form of nerves. And I didn't realise it. And by the time I've made my mistake, he's on me. He's finishing me. Yeah, you got it's it's hard in it. You got to get that composure right. You yeah, know? um, you got to make you got to make you got to pick pick your times when you when you do stuff. But yeah, yeah. And also I think like I, I, from talking, obviously I've spent a lot of my career around people like you, James Thompson, and like big big name guys as well. And I just think that what I what maybe I assumed that bit where you think like, oh, fuck now, man, I wish I'd have to do this tonight. Fuck me. If imagine if this happened and I got paid for doing nothing. Everyone goes through that. Everyone thinks like that. Those thoughts enter everyone's head. And I thought maybe when they've happened to me, maybe I've said, you shouldn't be having thoughts like this. And I've dismissed, dismissed them so much that I've tried to, to block it out, even though it's there maybe, you know, like or internalise it so much. Everyone's different, aren't they? Like Greg Knapp didn't used to get nervous. He used to be like really fucking cool and calm. And um, he's just like, just just the way he was, I suppose. Me, I, I would always get nervous because I, I would just dread losing. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to fucking lose. Um, I want to win that bad. So that, that's where I think my anxiety would come from. But I used to make it work for me as well. You know, I'd go in and I'd be massively intense when I got in there. Like, you know, I'd be there for like to, to fight to the, to the end, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's, I don't know, my hardest fight is difficult, isn't it? But John Cullen was a tough fight that was our fight but everyone getting ginger slurs at me and, <laughs> and in scotland to be getting ginger skirt slurs oh, in scotland i know i know yeah. okay right so um ollie shearn said who would win in a fight between the you of today versus the you of 10 years ago i know <sighs> for me i know easily the me of now would kill the me of 10 years ago um but I, I think my wrestling's better, my jiu-jitsu's better, my boxing's better. Also, I have this bit about me now where that I never used to maybe have where I realise I'm a bit older and every fight is my last chance to win, maybe, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I take yeah. that every time I fight now. is like, like when I fought that Lawrence and people are saying, just wrestle with him. Like, you know your wrestling's going to be better than it. Just wrestle with him. So I'm going to knock him out. People are like, just wrestle with them. I'm going to fucking knock him out. I'm going to knock him out. Because I'm thinking, like, this might be my last chance to knock someone out. And then we went into the fight. I tried to wrestle with him. And he was really strong. So I was like, oh, oh I'm going to have to knock him out. Yeah. Well, when necessity fucking helps you sometimes, doesn't it? Definitely. You know, you know when you have, when, when you, when you try and wrestle with someone and they, you, you just think, oh, fuck me. That's going to be exhausting trying to wrestle with them. And you think, fuck it, I'm going to just punch. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, it works for you, doesn't it? You know? That, that that fight against the like obviously I was uh, being taken to the hospital to have my arm like fucking put back in a place. <laughs> I, wa I watched it back on on YouTube and stuff, and I thought that was one of your best performances. You know, it's beautiful fight. And uh, the way you finished it, like two little right hands and then a fucking nice high left kick, absolutely amazing. What a way to what a way to finish a fight, man. 
And that Lawrence, that Lawrence is no joke. He's like a serious guy. He's got good skills. He has proper power. He's like jacked. He's strong. He's like, he's good everywhere. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I've always, I had, I, I've seen him ages ago on race hit someone with a tornado kick. And I was like, fuck me. He looks, he looks decent. You know, he looks good. And he's a nice guy as well. From a good camp. He's not getting easy rounds or anything. He's from yeah. a good camp. So I, like for me, I was I, like, I loved my performance. It went well, but part of me was like, Man, I'm, I was ready to do this for three rounds. I want, I, let's stand, let's, let's go. Like, I'm ready to, I thought you were going to come at me. Let's fight, come on. Let's, so part of me was like that, but not when, as soon as I knocked him out, part of me, I was like, oh, yes, thank God for that. But part of me was like, fuck, man, I need, I need to fight tomorrow because I want, I need to get that other bit out of me where I want someone to punch me in the face and I want to grind because I always, I want to have a fight where we come to the middle, we smile at each other. And we just just plow each other, just go. Let's just throw shots at each other. But of course, yeah. when the fight starts, I look for a double leg or something. But yeah, of course, because you're not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> in your head, you think you want to just punch each other in the face, but really, you're not that daft that you want to you want to win and take as minimal damage as possible. Yeah. But I don't mind getting hit, but I don't want to get fucked up in a fight. I want to take as little damage as I possibly can. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, that, I think that that's one of your best performances. Uh, in terms of a total performance, do you know what I mean? Because a lot, a lot of like when that Alexi Roberts and Mamrafall and stuff, Mamrafall was probably one of your best ones as well, um, where where you look like a complete MMA fighter. You have to strike, you have to wrestle, you have to get submission. Against uh, Lawrence, Tra- Lawrence Tracy, it was like the the ground to take him down. I reckon you could have taken him down, but it would have been exhausting. It would have been hard. It would have made it like a wrestling match, and it would have changed the fight. So you sometimes you just bail out of that and think, well, that's. I'm just going to strike. That's what I was like with that Akira, because I didn't really want to wrestle him because he was a real good wrestler. So I thought, listen, I can test the striking. And, um, and I thought against Lawrence Tracy, that, that was just a, it's a beautiful fight, man. It's like, it's really cool, cool ending. He done really well. He got lots of stuff off. You got lots of stuff off. And, and then, and it, like, like you always say, it doesn't matter how you start. It, it, it all matters how you finish, you know? Yeah. And uh, not, not that you had a bad start, you had a, a, a great start. It's just that the finish was just like you can't get better than kicking someone in the head. Like I've never, I've never, I've never won by head kick knockout. Um, you and Bernie have got two nice fucking head kicks. Um, Bernie's is a one beautiful shot, but yours has to take the the, the top honors because you're fighting someone that's legit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in, in a real hard fight against someone that's really good. Um, those 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 type of those type of victories mean a lot. I think. Um, that's that's a, that's a, that was a really good win. Um, thought Chris was going to do the same thing with him as well, man. Chris's fight was good. Just shows you, like, just shows you, it's just like it's chaos, isn't it? It's chaos in there, and anything can happen, you know. It's really it's, it's tough, Lawrence Tracy is as well because he took some fucking. I mean, I know Chris. Chris hits really hard. Right. Yeah. So, and at the end of those long, horrible shots, and I worked, I specifically worked a specific shot where you step back if you feel the cage, right, and he landed worked, it. And I was like, maybe three or four times, didn't it? Yeah, and I was like, fuck no, knock him out. He can't take this. And he got dragged into a into a close quarter uh, punching exchange, didn't he? Yeah. Against the cage, uh, where he should have hit, he should have cut the angle and, and got. But it's easy saying what he should have done. Do you know what I mean? Like you told me what I should have done after I got knocked out a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like we all should have done that, but sometimes we, we fuck up, don't we? It's, it's difficult because the guy you're fighting is skillful as well, and they're not they're not messing about. They're trying to take you out. I said to Lawrence in that fight, like that that was your best performance because 
Listen, you got outstruck because Chris has got better boxing than you. You got outstruck. He's longer than you. He's got better boxing than you. You got outstruck, but you showed great head movement. You kept coming forward with composure. You didn't. You didn't overcommit and get tagged with anything. You just got tagged because the guy's long. It 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 showed a great side of Lawrence Tracy as well. So both of them came out of it really well. Chris just got tagged by a guy who can bang. Yeah, yeah. See, sometimes losing. Sometimes people lose and, and they, they think, oh, I'm a loser. No, you're not a loser. Like, if, if you go in and you perform like you're, you're shit, you know, then you're still not a loser, but you had a shit performance. If you go in and you fight really well and you get beat, there's no shame. No. You know, if you go in and you just, you might get clipped, you might get caught, anything. Well, anyone can get beat. Any, any single person can get beat. This is the thing. In a minute, no one's going to give a fuck who you are or care about your fights. Like, look at Anderson Silva's one of the greatest people to ever do this sport. If you speak to people who are MMA fans now and you say about, about the greatest people ever, I bet you don't come in people's top five, maybe even not in their top ten. And you're like, what about Anderson Silva or these people? Or this? And you're not even featured because your fight, your, the way the win and the loss is only going to mean something for a small period of time. What's going to mean something forever is the way that you performed mentally, physically, and whether yeah. you lose, whether you lose or not, when you can come out of that cage, you can say, fuck man, the, the effort that I put in to get there, I landed all the shots that I wanted to land. Okay. I got caught by a guy who knocked me out, but I'm fighting another guy who's training to do that. Like that's, yeah, you know, like that's like yeah. playing football and never getting a goal scored against you. It's not going to happen. Especially amateur fighters now, there's so much pressure on them. That last um, uh, true champion, so it had like four or five pro fights on, but it had like five or six amateur fights first. Um, some of the guys, a lot of the guys uh, uh, I'm training, are just thinking like, I'm getting them their first amateur fight and they're fighting on the same platform as I'm fighting them. I've had like nearly 40 pro fights. So I know I'm nervous. Like, fuck me. Like, imagine making your debut on, like, a fucking show in front of... I know it's, like, only 500 people or whatever, but it's, like, a real good show, a really tight, like, atmosphere. Yeah. It's like, I'd be shitting myself. Yeah. I was shitting myself. I shit myself anyway when I'm going to fight. I get, you know, I feel nervous. But imagine making your first amateur fight. So there's so much pressure on the amateurs now, and they and they put everything into winning or losing. And it's, no, you're learning. You're, like, you're, you're learning your craft. Like, you're... you're like, so... I said to um to screener after that last fight, like it, it came out and said like you like you I couldn't tell you how proud I am of you, and yeah. you understand. I'm like well, you don't realise that what what you've done there because Ricky fought the same night and of course Ricky banged his guy out again. I was like yeah. what you don't understand is you probably have more fighting experience than Ricky, and Ricky's got like five fights. I was like because. Listen, Ricky's got this God-given gift. He can knock people out. I mean, Ricky, people haven't seen how good Ricky is on the ground and stuff as well. He's he's yeah. so very well-rounded. But I said, but, but what you've done tonight is you've tested yourself in areas which are still questions in Ricky's mind. You've done yeah, that. Yeah. All in your yeah. first fight. That's out the window. Three hard rounds. And in that last round when you're exhausted and you've got someone held against the fence and you've got to think, I've got to get this takedown to, to win this round. You've been through it. You've... That's yeah, yeah. money in the bank that you can't acquire any other way, no matter sparring, whatever. You can't acquire it, but doing it in a fight, you did it. So you need that. You need that ring time or cage time, don't you? Definitely. Getting that experience in, like um, you see the amateur, you see the difference between pros and amateurs fighting. Like the amateurs tend to rush out, don't they? And like just like give it everything for for a minute, sort of thing. See the good pros will come out in a measured, composed. Their, their hands are in the right place and moving well, and they're looking not to get hit. You know, like, don't let someone just tag me. Like, you're in and out. Like, uh, touch him and don't get touched. 
the good ones, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not always that easy, though, is it? Any, any more questions from from the right, Facebook? So we've got. Um, let's have a look. What we got here? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go for the 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 good ones, not the ones. That not any from Jesse McCann. We'll <laughs> have a chat about Jesse McCann, though. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Jesse. Yeah. So uh, from like. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a picture he sent of me. Yeah. And what he's done is me and you are stood there, and he's I giving. Got it. You he said to use it to use it for the. I might use it for the cover photo for this. <laughs> You've come out better. <laughs> yeah, because I got hair. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I get hair, I've come out well better. You come out better. Your hair looks amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> use it. I'll use it for the cover for this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, he's fucking brilliant, Jesse. Yeah. He's just, but if there was ever a fighter that needs to be managed um, and coached, that's that's your guy. Like all that, all the ability can really be going far, can do well. But yeah, needs needs guidance, needs to be coaching. So, needs but I, to, I think needs big, to be jitsu. Yeah, I think he he because he, um, he's so good at striking and he's a good wrestler as well, Jesse. Um, and his jujitsu is not bad. But he needs to do more because I find it a little bit too easy to submit him sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but then before, when he's been really training hard, he's been hard to submit and he's been like, good. So he really just needs to sort of get where he was a couple of years ago. Because um, he's, had, he's had a rough couple of years and, he, and he's uh, gone off the rails a little bit. But um, when he gets back to training, like his jiu-jitsu the way he was, he was getting, he was getting to a really good level. Um, Jesse, Jesse could go, go far because... He can box really well. He can tie box. He can wrestle, I and mean, he knows jujitsu. He just needs to. He just needs to practice it more. Yeah. You know, I like. I like yeah. Jesse. Uh, he's got like a star. Yeah, he got an amazing start. He's got lots. He's tough as fuck. There's no quitting him. And I think uh, the only thing I've said to him is, you need to do the stuff that you're not good at, like because you will when you're sparring and stuff, you'll have bits that you're really good at. And then you'll keep doing them. And that's the time when you need to work on the stuff you're really shit at and let other people get the better of you if need be. Because you know in your head, like the amount of times I've gone to training sessions and I've gone southpaw or something and I'm getting my face filled in and I'm like, yeah, like, and that person's going to go, oh, I put it on Wes tonight. Don't make it, I know I'm going southpaw for you because I'm like, whatever. But um, you have to, it's, it's got to be about you. Like if you're rolling and uh, you let someone get you in a triangle just to escape it. Yeah. Now sometimes you're going to get submitted, but if you always let people put you in a triangle so you can escape it, your triangle defense and escape is going to become very, very good. Exactly. You might have to get submitted a few times for it to 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 start working really well. We get submitted a load for it to start working well, but eventually it's going to uh, it's going to benefit you. So you've got to put yourself in bad positions. You've got to try different things, something you're not that comfortable with, where you're going to be losing for a little bit, but just so you become comfortable with it and that you make it like a strength. Yeah. Uh, Jesse was supposed to be fighting yesterday. Like I got like a load of fighters are all supposed to be fighting yesterday, like Mini um, Grant for 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 Sweatbox and A3, Anna was supposed to be fighting, um, RJ was supposed to be fighting, you know. And then like I had um, Anna's training, I got Anna like fitter than she'd ever been. She was like in the best shape ever, yeah. um, like uh, about five weeks ago. And like I like a, I had a cardio one point and stuff. Um, and RJ, RJ was starting to look good. Mini always looks good. Mini's like fucking cl- a class act. Mini so composed. He's got so much experience in boxing and jujitsu and stuff like that. He's, and he's so tall that he can keep it long. So he's just super composed and, and chilled. 
Um, like I really like him. So we had so many people that were gonna, and Jesse. We were, Jesse was going to make his pro debut yeah. against, uh, which I think would have been a good fight because Paddy's like a good striker, and yeah. we give him the notice because Paddy's never had notice to have a fight. So we're giving him eight weeks, so that would have been a good matchup. Um, I wanted RJ was going to fight um, Tyler, Tyler James, yeah. and I thought I thought like I like Tyler. Uh, Tyler is like a, a, a friend. And, uh, and I used to train him, obviously. Uh, obviously, uh, I like RJ, and he's a friend. So, But that that fight for me as a matchmaker, I was like, I thought, oh, who's going to win that? That's going to be a really good fight. Yeah. So we're going to have so many good fights. It's such, such a shame. Such a shame. But um, when we're back, when everything goes back to normal, whenever that's going to be, uh, we'll get, that, we'll get that, that show put on. We'll get all those fights put back on. Definitely. I'm, it's nice now that... A3 guys are starting to like sweatbox guys are starting to come up to me and do training at my classes at A3, and then our guys are starting to come down to you and go to PEDS and stuff. And that's yeah. really nice now that we've got like this thing because obviously we have we got a lot of guys who are active, you got guys to so have that sparring and have it in a setting where people can watch over it. So it's really good. I think it's like people don't realize it's what people have got now in Bristol is perfect, they've got everything with a sh- especially with a local show as well now. Everything yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Local show that's best commentary, best commentary show that's put on by us as well. Not not put yeah. on by someone else that wants you like doesn't want you on there. Wants you like to match you in a certain way, you know. Exactly. So, the agenda. Really... The agenda of the show is to get you good fights. That's the agenda of the show. There's no there's no hidden agenda. Of, we want our guys to beat up this guy, and it's just get you good fights. Yeah, 50, 50 fights because. That, that that fight I had on there against that rad guy that I just uh, fought in October. That was that was supposed to be a really hard fight. I thought I, I yeah. thought it was gonna be a, like a really really tough fight because he looked fucking good, man. Yeah. And, uh, and then obviously like um, Matt Matty had a had a really hard fight, and uh, that went you know he made a, he made a few mistakes. So it would have been really good to see Matty make his, uh, his, his his second fight and get a win back. And I'm sure he would have as well. Matt Matty's awesome. Matty Matty trains. Do you know when you get someone? Most of the people I train, I've got to remind them to do the cardio. It's it's refreshing, and oh, it gets yeah. someone. It just, Matt, he's insane. Look, on a on a Sunday or on a Sunday up with us, you literally do like ten straight rounds, straight yeah. five minute rounds, ten straight rounds grappling. Then you're like, where's got to put some gloves on and do some stuff, and you're like, and you're like, fuck it. You just never, you, you would never have to question cardio. He could take a, a fight at any point. Yeah, yeah, same, Matt. But, um, and Big Ash as well. Be good to get Big Ash back. Yeah. And it, what's what's the next question? Then? Right. So, um, who have we got here? Um, trying to think of ones that are going to be applicable. If you didn't train, if you weren't training MMA when you were youngsters, what other sport would you have done? I mean, it would have been something to do with fighting, for sure. Boxing, judo, something, something to do with fighting. Yeah. Uh, I like like football. I played football for ages. Played five side for ages, but like I, I like to have ownership of what's going on. I yeah, like, like you know, when you play football, sometimes you might have your best game ever and you lose because everyone else is lazy, or you're lazy and everyone else is really good. You know, so and you're, and you're only ever playing low level football. So your fight, you fought, you fought the highest level of MMA that you can ever fight. There's no, like you fought fights that are UFC level fights. So you fought the highest level of MMA that can boss, possibly be fought and you'd have been fought, playing the lowest level of football, really, realistically. Yeah, not, not the lowest level. We had a couple of divisions below us. We were all right. Yeah. It's still pretty much the lowest level though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, lowest level. Yeah, we were getting 
<laughs> I mean, a kick right on a Thursday up stars is just still, it's still. Well, I, like, I, I, I've always done a bit of boxing, like, and done judo and stuff like that. I've always found it easy to do combat sports. Like, I like combat sports. Yeah, so it'd be a, it'd be some kind of combat sport for sure. Oh, but you don't like excuses as well, which is which is a thing. Like you don't like you don't like when our fighters make excuses, and like, I don't like that as well. Like, because me and you already know why they've lost. You don't need to tell me why you. Like, I know why you've lost. We don't That's need your it. excuses. And conversely, yeah. you don't make excuses. Like the amount of times, like when you get knocked out, when we got knocked out in Scotland by what's his name Fernandez. Um, yeah. All right, you didn't know what happened, and I had to tell you four times. But afterwards, you're like. You just can't like, just can't get fucking it, and I got it. Like, and that's how you and I have both always been. There's not, there's, there's no bullshit. There's no excuses. Yeah. I think that's with a lot of fighters are like that. You know, you don't make an excuse yeah. because you see through it. And... What's the point? You just like, um, like, like I was saying, FX three put that fight up with me with, against Manny Fernandez. I got back last night and I showed it to Maya. I said, oh, look at this. Like this is twelve years ago, and then we watched it and, and I lose and she went, oh, you seem like really calm. Saying, well, like you take your chance, don't you? It's a throw, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. Like, you roll the dice and you lose. If you start kicking off, you lose. You know, like it's it's not a good look, is it? You just like you've got to take it. And the only person that affects is you. It doesn't. This is the thing. Yeah. When you hold on to a loss and you make all these excuses, the only person that's affecting is you. It's not affecting the result. It's not affecting how people view the result. It's affecting you. So you're better off not making the excuses, accepting that you've lost, and saying, oh, I fucked up that. What? How do I not fuck up the next time? Yeah, and the thing is, when you fight people as well, you don't know what they're suffering with as well. Yeah. So you might have an excuse, but they might have, like, a broken hand. Yeah. And they just take one, but they haven't mentioned their broken hand. So if you start saying, well, I had a bad leg, they say, well, well my hand was broken, I still beat you. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. There's no point. Otherwise, you're going to go down that thing. Like, you know what it's like when you fight. You, if if you fought tomorrow against someone, you don't know. You might be 80% of yourself. You might be 100% of yourself. Or you might be 20% of yourself. But you don't know what they are as well. You don't know what's going on with their lives. So you never. it's never really that objective where it's never consistent. And it's just like fighter A is fighting B. And then A won't beat B. And that's he'll always beat him. It, it doesn't work like that. You know, you might have an off night. They might have the best. You might have your worst fight ever. They might have their best fight ever. Sometimes you might have a, the best fight you've you've ever had, and they might not fight very well. You beat them. You know, you might not better do that again. You know, it might be it might work the other way around. So it's chaos, and it's just it, it's in the moment. So all you can do is judge on that night when someone beats you. He was a better man that night. Yeah. I was the better man that night. You know, that's the way you have got to look at. It, I think, and uh, there's always excuses, always reasons. Um, I've had plenty of fights where I've had bad weight cuts or I've, I've had an injury and stuff like that. But you still go ahead and you take it and you do it, and then uh, and then you and then you throw the dice. You know what I mean? You, you, what lands? What what is whatever lands? You know, you just have to take it on the chin. Yeah, exactly. That's bad being a bad loser as well. You know, yeah. I know I know Conor McGregor talks a load of shit, but when he's talking about stuff like that, he's spot on where he's saying being humble and defeating victory. Do you know what I mean? It's just like be consistent. You yeah. know. Whether you win or lose, just carry on being the same. Yeah, and I like for me, I just can't. I can't carry with me the burden of a loss. There's no like if I make an excuse, I've I've got a burden with me now. I'm carrying something with me. Oh, but it was because of this. I'm I'm I have to carry that with me. If I if I have the fight, the fight's a big enough burden anyway. So when I have the fight, I want the fight to be over. So yeah. if I win or if I lose, once that fight's over, it's gone. I'm on to the next fight. I'm on to my next thing. 
if I make an excuse to why I lost, I'm carrying a bit of that with me the whole time, and it was a big yeah. enough in burden the first time round. Just get stuck in the past. I, I like, like I was saying, when, when I broke my arm or dislocated my elbow and stuff, rather than um, like beat myself up about, it, I used it to motivate myself. Do you know what I mean? And then I was thinking, like, um, okay, I've, I've had my arm dislocated, and it's May, and then I'm going to fight again by the end of the year. And like a few people, like. A lot of people told me to retire then. They were like, you know, you just uh, you should stop doing it. You might get hurt. Like, even at home, even my daughter, um, like yourself, like everyone, even like when I said to Nan I was going to fight again, he went, oh, just get your arm better. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, no, I'm fucking like, that just almost lit like a fucking light under my ass. And I was like, just ready. Like, I couldn't wait. I thought, no, fuck that, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different. Um, and, then, and then I can retire and I can, I can retire happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, a, that's another reason I, I, I don't think I, I want to carry on. Like, if I did, there's always a risk that you end your career face down on the mat, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's like a, a, a... It's a predicament that I'm at at the moment in that people are, oh, you're going to fight again? And I'm really just not sure because I, I would like to have a big fight, a good fight. Like, I'd like it to be... You know, I'd, I'd like to get to the UFC, let's say, but I'd need probably at least four wins. One would have to be like for a title on Cage Warriors or something. And then I'd probably maybe get a shot. Um, but uh, for me, I'm like, what? Who, who do I fight in for what? Like the Mario thing, when Mario said about fighting me, I'll fight Mario tomorrow. Look, I'm not, I'll fight him tomorrow, but what am I going to do? Fight him for 500 pound on Rage, where there's no TV sh- screening. Nobody really gives a fuck who wins anyway. Like he's going to talk a load of shit. So he's going to try and sell the fight, but no one cares what he's got to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? What's the like? I have. I think I'll fucking walk through him. So why am I gonna like? I'm like, you got. There's got to be something in it for me because I understand. Like, I'm going to be lucky to get out of this without brain damage anyway. Plus, if Mario hits me on the chin, he might knock me fucking out. So you know, yeah. like. Is that the fight that I want to go out on? I don't know. I, I always say, I'm not retired because if someone offers me a really big fight, if I get offered a fight in the Dominican Republic again, I'm gone. If I get offered a fight in Brazil again, I'm gone again. Canada, all this, I'd love to fight in Japan or China. So if I get offered them, I'll fight for peanuts as long as I can go and fight, and I'll fight anyone I, in the world. I'll fight China tomorrow. Well, maybe yeah. not. With the no, but let's not go yet. Let's wait. <laughs> months, few months, yeah. Like some like that. That's one of the best things about MMA is traveling. Like, and like we've been so many different places. Like, at one point, we were traveling like every other weekend, going to Sweden or Finland and Poland and stuff. It was men- mental. So nice. Yeah, so nice. So I think for me, yeah, like I would. I, I, I'm not saying I'm retired, but at the same time, I've been doing my stand up, which I absolutely love, and I can't, I cannot do progress stand up. It, and I'm not saying I want to make a career out of it, but I don't want to do stand-up once every six months. But yeah. if I do, do stand-up, I do it. I, I, You know, I teach three nights a week, and then I train two nights a week. You need yeah. to do stand-up three nights a week. So I yeah. can't train for a fight or coach a proper fight team and do stand-up. So I need to decide now, like, either someone offer me a fight where it's good and I'm going to take it, or fuck uh, it, would I be happier just moving on? Pardon? How old are you? 37. So three years. And when, when's your birthday? Is? March. Just 37. Yeah, oh, March is 17th. 15th. Day 15th. before. Day before, Maya. Yeah. So you've got like, you've got three years then, haven't you? Until you're 40. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, like, there's no rush. 
you cut, you're coming off a really good win. You could just you could just pick the right fight if it comes up. I could up. fight anyone. I think I could fight anyone in the UK with just a cardio camp. Well, you, you could be yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was saying earlier about sparring and stuff. We've we've sort of been there and done it. What we need to do is get sharp. Yeah, exactly. Get sharp. And then you've already got the skills. You can always improve, but you've yeah. already got the skills. It's just about being sharp and being in the right place mentally. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then you can fight anyone. You could you could like with that with your skill set already. You could you could get in and fight anyone really, and and, and be in with a chance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Other than that, like yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be happy just doing these podcasts if that could earn me money and podcasts and stuff i don't like you know it's got to be something really interesting for me to even entertain it now it's like i'm not just gonna fight for the sake of a fight on rage or something you know like and that's no discredit to raged it's just rage has got to offer me something really amazing or someone else has got to or it's just not worth it yeah. well let's have a look at um a instagram question man. right instagram question we have got get one or two of these done before I've got go at eight, I got the quiz tonight. Um, General knowledge. How long does it take you to get to get dressed up like that? Depends what outfit I wear. So like, it just depends. Like, could be a while. But writing yeah. the quiz, because I write every single quiz, I write them all the questions myself every single time. Forty yeah. questions. So like today, I've done forty questions. That's two and a half hours of writing questions, like thinking of what to do. So there's a lot. Um, right, let's go for. Um, we've got the most mental obstacle. We've we've done that really, aren't you? Mentally prepared. We've done that. We've got Kyle has said, "What's your diet like leading up to a fight? What would you recommend as a training regime of someone who wants to fight?" Um, I'll, I'm going to take the lead on this one on the people who want to fight. I'll tell you the one thing that if you ever say this. You are not going to make it to the cage to fight. I'll be along to the class as soon as I'm fit enough. You'll never fight. There's no, you'll never fight. Like, if you want to fight, you'll go to a class and you'll get fit learning how to fight. It's no, there should be nothing that stops you going to your first MMA class. Everyone at the first MMA class has got one thing in common. They started and that is it. That's where the similarity ends. They all started. So if you want to fight and you're looking for a schedule to fight, your schedule should be, it's Tuesday. There's an MMA class. I'm going. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. So we got that one. That one sus. Um, Kyle. Kyle. Kyle's uh, my hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. He's sound Kyle. He's, he's one of the funniest guys going. He he's, he's he works his ass off. He does. He comes down. He's one of those guys. Um, if you tell him to do something, he just does it without question. It's just easy, you know. It's uh. No, you've like, spoken about him before. Like, you, you talk that's what Tom needs to do. He needs to train more. Yeah. Uh, and stop, stop. Um. Yeah, he needs to stop doing certain things and he needs to train more. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I get. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, diet-wise, nutrition-wise, diet-wise, leading up to a fight. Just like get rid of all the shit carbs. Yeah, you were never really very good at that. I've seen you eat sushi the night before weighing and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. My, I was, mate, mate I, that 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 video, like I was talking about, sixty-six kilos for the first yeah. time. You know, I, I've I've made weight so many times. 
that um I, I know exactly how to make weight. Um it's a ball ache, it's fucking hard, it's tough, it's not it's not fun. I mean the thing to remember, I think the biggest thing to remember about making weight and nutrition is mentally it's gonna be really fucking hard. There's no you're never gonna make fight weight and get nutritionally ready for a fight without it being a massive sacrifice mentally and to the to your diet. And then most of it's refueling correctly as well, and getting the right, getting hydrated and refueling the right way. That's yeah. where a lot of people get it wrong. Like they cut the weight and they do stuff, and then they don't, they don't prepare themselves for the fight. But um, let me ask you a question: Who, who, who do you think is your your most um, your biggest prospect for success at, at V3? Oh, it's hard. Um, it's hard. I mean, I think. I honestly think Grant Ogborn could do really well. He's got a few things that he's got to address um, mentally, emotionally, um, physically. I think he could do really, really well. Um, Rick, Ricky could do well. He's got ages in, on his side, obviously, but like Ricky could do really well. Um, other than that, there's some guys... Uh, How, old How old's Ricky? 33 i think ah, he's all right he's fresh isn't he? he's all right yeah he, like he's, he's fresh um and people there's so much of his game that people haven't seen people are yeah. in a minute people are going to be shocked they're going to see a side of him like fucking hell he's not just a banger um but other than there's a few guys who are coming up through the ranks young we got a couple of guys there who are like 17 and 18 who yeah. are going to be monsters it's just keeping these people focused and keep like you know, I'm not. I don't spend too much time trying to get you focused on the sport, like because I I got too many people who already are to yeah. worry about. If you've you got, you got to talk someone into doing it, yeah. And if you show me a tiny little bit of potential, you'll get 100% of my effort. But you you have to give back a little bit as well. You have to give a little bit of commitment because nobody did it for me. So to have somebody who's willing to do it for you, yeah, I think yeah. yeah. So what about yourself? Right back at you that question. Well, Mini, I thought Mini was going to go real far. Yeah. He's laughing now. Um, Grant as well. Um, we got we got so many young guys. We've got this young German guy um, um, called Arthur. He's really oh, good. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I totally We've got, got so many down there. Yeah. Uh, RJ, RJ could, go, could get somewhere if he, if he, if he could uh, sort his cardio out. And uh, um, RJ, like, with fighting now and with social media and stuff like that sometimes people like you can you can be on social media but you don't train in the in the way you've got to train yeah you like the way you portray what you're yeah. doing is not actually yeah and then when you're talking to on social media talking to people who don't know how to train anyway exactly so i i know how you got to train and stuff like that i know what what's required um Grant Grant works really hard. Um, RJ does work hard, but he needs—he's one of those that needs a fight to work really hard. Yeah. I'll train RJ and I'll look at his numbers when when he's doing his cardio and stuff. And oh, you've got a fight, and all of a sudden his numbers will double, like literally double. And I'm like on the assault bike. I'm like, well, why weren't you trying before? Yeah, exactly. Now, now you're motivated. You need a fight to to motivate you. And it's like if you're one of if you're going to get to the top, then someone like Nad Naramani, he's in phenomenal shape. 365 days a year yeah he's he's no, never more than four weeks away from being fight shape i reckon he could, fight, he could fight tomorrow yeah he could but, but but i'm talking his fight shape so yeah, yeah. he could fight tomorrow but if you gave him another four weeks he'd yeah. be in even better shape so yeah 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 he could bet he could go three ranks tomorrow do you know what yeah. I mean? 
he's always in great shape and he, he, he always he always trains really hard yeah. and it's like there there's your model right there like yeah. that's what you've got to do and some people they they want to do it but I think some people off. believe they're doing. Some people believe they're doing that. Like I've had that. People come to me like, "Oh, the thing is, you don't realize how hard I'm training." I'm like, "Listen, I've had well over twenty professional fights. I know how hard you're training, and you're training for an amateur fight, and it's not hard enough for that. You're not training at the level that I've trained at and I've coached people at. Like yeah, I, I yeah. know what level you're training at because I've been around the block. We've seen it, and that's the thing. Like people, people believe or people underestimate how fucking hard this is." Yeah, that's like like um, someone put up a um, a program from my first pro fight, and it was like two thousand and six or five, two thousand and six I think maybe no two thousand and five, no definitely two thousand and six December the twelfth two thousand and six and it gets this guy called Jim Berman, and it went four minutes and fifty nine seconds and it was the best thing that could have happened because I won, but I was so tired, <laughs> never been so tired in all my life, and then. I reckon if I hadn't, if the referee hadn't jumped in, I reckon I would have quit in, in between the first and the second. Because I've never <laughs> I'm not joking either. I, I, would, I wouldn't have, because obviously I yeah. but I would have fucking thought about it. But yeah. my lungs were burning for hours and hours and hours afterwards. I couldn't catch my breath. It was insane. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Okay. And I thought I was fit. And I was like, okay, I need a different level of fitness. Because when I look, watched the fight, I didn't, it wasn't even, it was a round, but it wasn't like a mad, mad round. It was yeah. just a normal MMA round, and I was exhausted. I was like, "Fuck!" And after that, I started you've doing. Factor in adrenaline and stuff in that as well for your first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, you're nowhere. Like I know. We, I mean, don't get me wrong. You, I've seen you take fights on a couple of weeks' notice. That I know you're not fit enough really to go and take the fight if it goes three yeah. rounds. And then I've seen also like when when we've both been in fight shape and we could do five five minute rounds with anybody in the world fitness wise. So yeah. there's no there's no doubt in my mind that that you would be as you would you know how to be and have been as fit as you could possibly be for the sport like de definitely i know that from, from training with you it's like people like people underestimate a lot of things like james thompson people have said about james not having any cardio and i'm like listen uh, james thompson's outworked every man in the gym that i've ever seen and then he's been sick and carried on training but it just you you think he's got no cardio because he's a massive lump who's got a lot of muscle to oxygen He'll outwork all of you. He's got loads of cardio, and it's the same. Like it's a, a your fight should be a small representation of what you do in the gym. But That's what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. like an exam. It's a it's a it's a small like snapshot of uh, your ability. Yeah. You know, and some some people can uh, some people are good at exams, and some people aren't so good at exams. Do you know what I mean some good? Some people are good under the pressure, and it doesn't. Sometimes fights don't really. Um, show someone their full capability and how Look, good they Donald are. Cerrone. Donald Cerrone's fought people, and because he can't get going quick enough, boom, he gets smashed like he did against McGregor. And then yeah. other people, he knocks out Barboza with a jab. Like it's just yeah, yeah. You, certain people fight different ways, they handle it different ways. The one thing you can't jeopardize, and the one thing you can't compromise is you have to train properly. And it's that simple. You can't, like, all, you're, it's amazing how how little excuses the people who have got a massive training resume have got like they got and the more training you've got behind you your list of excuses gets smaller and smaller and smaller yeah just train trains you've got no excuses you know yeah yeah 100 all the time but um mate listen i think i gotta get ready for this uh thing right, nice one it's been a pleasure talking to you um, just, listen mate it's been Wait. a pleasure just to see your face after so Thank many you. and Thank
Yeah, it's been good. Um, do you want to shout say, any shout outs or anything to anyone? Yeah, big shout out to Sweatbox always, Pedro Bessa, um, uh, Matty at Trojan, um, Scotty the Lion for all sponsoring me, and um, everyone else I know, all my all my teammates. Uh, big hello. <laughs> Everybody <color>. knows. Everyone <laughs> I know, apart from apart from Jessica. <laughs> He's getting a bit cheeky down on uh, down on WhatsApp. He's sort of sending me these screenshots of um, these these shots of him with ginger hair, and then um, he's saying he's a better ginger than me. He's, he's, <laughs> like, he's like fucking the pain in the ass. I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna actually. Listen, your ginger is getting less and less, mate. You I are know, no man. I know. You look My like hair, a paintbrush having a problem. It was orange as fuck. So in yeah. another 12 years, my hair's going to just going to be white. Yeah, but, exactly. but when I was 20, my hair started receding and I thought I was going to go bold. And I made a deal with God. As long as I didn't go bold, I, could, I didn't mind going grey. Oh, because you've you got, you got bold, but you look good bold. If I went bold, you've seen the picture of me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not okay. good. <laughs> good. Yeah, listen, I, I, I made a deal with God. I don't mind going bold as long as I don't go ginger. So well, that's a that's a terrible deal to make. That's a terrible deal to make. Because, because you you got you've definitely got some ginger in you anyway. <laughs> only in the beard. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Which is the only hair I can grow, so it's pretty pretty significant. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Mate, listen, thanks again. It won't, we'll get another one in. As soon as this is over and done with and we get training again, we'll get another one in. It's just, you know, we, there's, we could have spoke about so much stuff and we didn't even get to, and that's just the way you and I are. We'll always be like that. We'll just get together and chat. So thank you very much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Nice, nice. Thanks for having me on, mate. And I'll catch up with you soon, mate. Later, everyone.